1: Welcome to the pastor's study. I was at a garage sale recently. She had $20 on it. I got her down to five and I thought I have to use this on TV. So here's my point. You can have Botox, you can have liposuction, you can get hair transplants, you can have the perfect exercise program and have the perfect physical body, but one day everybody is going to look like this. Here's my garage sale treasure length skeleton <laughs> and you know if this is true that you're going to look like this someday isn't it eternally more important for you to work on your eternal soul than on your body the apostle paul says in first uh, timothy chapter 4 physical discipline like exercise is a small profit but godliness is of great value because it holds promise for this life and the next so if you're taking care of your body like that's so big important it's nothing compared to your eternal soul the purpose of this program is to ask the question what will god do with our bodies once we're buried And Christians do not believe in what's called the immortality of the soul. That's what the ancient Greeks believed, that when you die, your spirit lives on. Christians believe in more than that. We also believe in what's called the resurrection of the body, that somehow God will raise us with new bodies. I don't eat potatoes much, but I've got some in my kitchen and they keep growing, they keep sprouting. They're not even buried, but they keep sprouting and I have to keep pulling this stuff off. Well, that's what's going to happen on the last day. They discovered a 3,000-year-old mummy's tomb in Egypt. And they went into the tomb, and here was the, mo- the body, and then next to the body was this little jar. Inside the jar were these little round, hard peas that had been buried with the mummy. The scientists took the peas out of the jar, planted them carefully underneath a pane of glass, and they started growing again. After 3,000 years of being dormant, that's going to happen on the last day. When I was a little boy, my brother and I had pea shooters, these little guns where you shoot pea pods, and we'd, we'd play and we'd shoot each other all over the ground. But then in the spring, these pea plants would start sprouting up out of our backyard, and Dad said, no more pea shooters. So my point is going to be, we're going to learn that your dead body planted in the ground one day is going to be raised again. And I know that sounds crazy. How can God do that if they disintegrated? We're going to answer that question. Would you take out a Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul writing about 55 A.D writes this letter to counteract a false teaching that was being perpetuated at corinth that the dead do not rise and Paul is going to say oh yes they do first corinthians 15 let's pray father we pray now as we read these ancient words that you will Speak to each of us about how important it is to know Christ, to be eternally saved, and how that is so much more important than whether we have good abs or something. (laughs) Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 35, Paul writes, But someone will say, one of these heretics, How are the dead raised? And with what kind of body do they come? Paul answers, you fool. Here's the first lesson. People who deny the resurrection are fools. Now do you have a problem with Paul calling these people fools? I mean, remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five? You can go to hell for calling somebody a fool. And and I have a certain relative who now and then calls people fools and I'll say to him, don't do that, you can go to hell for that. I never use the word fool for people. I don't like the word idiots even. But here, Paul calls some of these Corinthians fools. Jesus called the Pharisees fools. Um, In uh, Galatians 3, Paul called the Galatians fools. And in James chapter 2, James calls these rich uh, uh, unbelieving type people fools. So. Here's the point. (laughs) I'd rarely use the word, but there is a time and place on a rare occasion to use the word fool, and here's one of them. If you say God cannot raise someone from the dead, you're a fool. You don't know the power of God. And tragically... We have seminary professors, not all, but there are some seminary professors in some of our liberal Protestant seminaries who do not believe Jesus literally, physically rose from the dead. Paul the Apostle would say, you're a fool. I mean, I remember years ago when I was still in the liberal branch of Lutheranism, the ELCA Lutheran Church, our liberal bishop brought in Marcus Borg, for our pastor's conference. Marcus Bord is dead now, but he was a, an Episcopal scholar who did not believe Jesus physically rose from the dead. I wrote the bishop. What, what are you doing? Do we want to promote error in the Lutheran Church? But he had no, the bishop had no problem bringing him in. Well, if you deny the resurrection of Christ, or your own resurrection, Paul says you're a fool. There's a story that many years ago an atheist lecturer was speaking to a large group in Scotland and he was doing a wonderful job tearing apart the Christian faith at the end of his presentation any questions tonight an old peasant woman put up her hand well sir you are so much more knowledgeable than I am but can I just ask one question I have believed in Jesus Christ my whole life I take great comfort in the resurrection that one day I'll be raised and see my loved ones and, and and if I discover after I die there is no God there is no Jesus there's no eternal life what will I have lost by believing in him in this lifetime? He said well madam I don't suppose you'll have lost anything and she said well thank you one one more question if when you die you discover there is a God. There is a Jesus. There is a resurrection of the dead. What will you stand to lose? The story goes, the people jumped to their feet, applauded the woman, (laughs) and the atheist sat down. If you deny the resurrection, you're a fool. Now, in the early 70s, I went off to college at the University of Texas. Who comes to our dorm one night but Madeline Murray O'Hare, the famous atheist who got prayer kicked out of the public schools. I had to go and hear what she and There were students just sitting all over the place on the floor of the cafeteria. Here comes Madeline Murray O'Hare. My, was she vile, using obscene language about the Holy Spirit. One of the students put up his hand I I understand you not believing in Christianity, but why do you have to use obscene language about the Holy Spirit? Her response, I do that so next time you're in church and hear the words Holy Spirit, you have to remember what I said about the Holy Spirit. I mean, she was evil, and as you probably know, she was killed by her atheist business manager. Well, Madeline Murray O'Hare believes in the resurrection now. Verse 36, you fools, that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps of wheat or of something else. Here's the next lesson. The corpse is a small preliminary seed. Paul's making an analogy here. If you take a little piece of corn and plant it, it doesn't come up a little piece of corn. It comes up in this big plant. Well when your body is put into the grave and dissolves or whatever, that's just like a little thing that one day is going to come up a glorious new body. The point is, the resurrection is not impossible because it happens on a small scale in nature all over the place. (laughs) Now you you might say, all right, but how is that going to work? If somebody's buried and has been in the ground for 4,000 years and totally disintegrated, how is God going to put them back together? Good question. Here's the answer. Verse 38. But God gives it a body just as he wished, and to each of the seeds a body of its own. Here's the next lesson. God will bring about the new body. One writer said this, why would anyone who acknowledges a creator God think his restoring bodies would be any more difficult for him than making them in the first place. Uh, Paul says to King Agrippa in Acts 26, why is it considered incredible among you if God raises the dead? I mean if there is a God, that's no big deal for him. He made them in the first place. He can put them back together. No big deal. (laughs) Benjamin Franklin wrote these words that are on the epitaph of his grave in Philadelphia. Here we go. The body of Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents worn out and stripped of its lettering and gilding, here lies food for worms, but the book will not be lost, for it will appear once more in a new and more elegant edition, revised and corrected by its author, capital A, author. <laughs> I got an a, a email this week from somebody, Pastor Brock, I'm thinking of being cremated. Is it okay for me as a Christian to be cremated? and I wrote him back I said well the history of the church leans against it because we want to we want to give testimony to the resurrection of the body and I said but there's no verse there's no clear teaching that says it's a sin so I said you know I don't think I can tell you not to do it but I don't do it to me I don't want you to burn my body I think it's a weird thing but I don't think it's a sin (laughs) because God can put the cremated back together Uh, many years ago Henry Fonda the actor was an atheist he died he had his body cremated and his his asses were sprinkled into the air and when I read that I thought does Henry Fonda think he's getting away from God (laughs) God will take everyone who's ever lived and put them back together for judgment day next verse there's going to be bad news and good news in this next verse look at verse 42 so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is se- s- raised a spiritual body. All right, here's the first the bad news. The old body that we have is perishable, dishonorable, weak, and physical. I can't tell you how many funerals I have presided over. And it's just sad. I've seen lots of weak, perishable people in their coffin. I, my dad was a big, strong football coach kind of a guy. In his coffin, he was sh- just skinny because of the brain tumor. Years later, my mom died of a brain tumor, just skinny in her coffin. and. The bad news is, one day we're all going to look like this. Our bodies are perishable, filled with disease. That's the bad news. But look at the good news of verse 42. We're going to read back to it again. It is sown perishable, but it's raised imperishable. Sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown in Uh, physical body, raise a spiritual body. Here's here's the good news. The new body is imperishable, glorious, powerful, and spiritual. I mean think of Jesus' resurrected body. After he was raised from the dead, he still had the same body because it had the wounds on it, but he could do things he didn't do before, zip in and out of rooms without opening the doors. So our new body that we get on Judgment Day, it's gonna be a perfect new body. No pimples, no arthritis, no cancer, no balding. No, none of the weakness that's in this human body will be in our new bodies. Verse 45. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam, that's a reference to Jesus, became a a living soul. The last Adam became a living, life giving spirit, that's Jesus. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. Then the spiritual. The first man, that's Adam, is from the earth, earthy. The second man, that's Jesus, is from heaven. As is the earthy, Adam, so also are those who are of the earth, that's us. And as is the heavenly, that's Jesus, so also are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the earthy Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly Jesus. Here's the next lesson. The new Adam undoes the curse of the old Adam. Meaning this, the word Adam means man. The the original Adam in the garden got us all sinful, got us all damned. The old Adam The new Adam undoes the curse. Jesus is the new man, the perfect man, the God-man. He comes and he gets us all out of the grave, out of sin. He undoes what the old Adam did to us. Look at verse 50. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable put on the imperishable. Here's the next lesson. Verse 51, Behold I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep, that means die, but we shall all be changed. Here's the next lesson. Did you catch that? For the believer, death is sleep. Paul calls death sleep if you're a believer. Uh, One of our, I got a call yesterday, an older man who has given very generously to keep our TV show preaching the gospel, he died this week. His son called, and we had a I I knew this man, a wonderful man who loved the Lord, who was just so generous to, to help us spread the gospel. Well, in one sense, he didn't die this week. He just went to sleep. <laughs> now you do die, but for a believer it's more like sleep. And verse 51 we shall not all sleep or die. We shall all be changed in a moment. The word moment there is atamas, which means Adam, from which we get the word Adam. It means that which cannot be cut or divided. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, will be changed. For the last the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Next lesson. Believers alive at the second coming will not die, but... Be changed. In other words, when I preach at the beginning of the show that one day everybody's going to look like this, well, that's not 100% accurate because if you happen to be alive when the last trumpet sounds and Christ comes down for the second coming, you don't have to die. You're like an atom. You, you can't even. It's just going to be. You're going to go from human body like this to your new body. Everybody else has to decay, but if you're alive at the second coming, that's the way it works and I want you now to skip down to verse 58 the question is all right, what's the practical consequence of all this if indeed we're going to be raised from the dead what does that mean for my life today look at verse 58 therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord here's the last lesson don't quit the reward is coming. In other words, one day you'll be raised and you'll be rewarded for what you're doing, so don't quit. <laughs> I remember, you know, every, every year you try to get Sunday school teachers when you're at a church. and I remember sometimes I go, you know, Mrs. Ferguson, would you mind teaching Sunday school? Oh, Pastor Brock, I'm old now. Let the young people do that now. In other words, I quit. <laughs> don't quit. I remember we had a 90-year-old organist by the name of Helen. And you know who preached her funeral? A 90-year-old preacher by the name of Bill Berg. And I remember he got up at Helen's funeral and said, Isn't it wonderful that Helen never retired? And you know she never did, because I would visit Helen at the, at the nursing home, and she would say, Oh, the people so love it when I get to the piano and play the old hymns, and they tell me how I brighten their day. I mean, she served the Lord right up to the end. John MacArthur wrote these words Leisure and relaxation are two great modern idols to which many Christians seem quite willing to bow down. In proper proportion, re- recreation is fine, basically, but they can easily become ends in themselves, demanding more and more attention. More than one believer has relaxed and hobbied himself completely out of the work of the Lord. So, yeah, it's fine to have. Hobbies and such, but your main reason here is somehow to serve the Lord. Don't I? I went out to lunch two weeks ago with a sweet, dear woman uh, uh, who's 95 years old, and she she just served the Lord in all kinds of ways. And I just took her out to say thanks. And she says, "You know, I'm 95 years old. Everybody in my family's dead. I don't know why the Lord still has me here." (laughs) And I said, "Well." Until you take your last breath, there's a reason for you to be here. So let's just close the sermon and let me ask you this question. We're going to all look like this one of these days. Are you spending much more time on your physical body or on your spiritual soul? I hope you go to church every week, I hope you read your Bible. I hope you pray, I hope you're trusting in Jesus to raise you from the dead, and I hope that you know that your faith is in Christ, your sins are forgiven, so that when that day comes, you'll be in eternity with Him, amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights. To answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, you talked about rewards, but if we're saved by grace and not by our good deeds, Mm -hmm. how can there really be any rewards?
1: Well, we are saved by grace, not by anything we do. That's true. When you get into heaven, it's totally by the cross. The Bible also teaches a second thing, that God will reward us. Those who, 1 Corinthians chapter three, those who live for Christ will go into heaven with reward. Those who are Christians, but did not live for him that they should, they are saved, but Paul says, as only as through fire. I mean, you get in, but barely, you go smoking in kind of. So there, it is true that there are rewards. They're there rewards of grace, because anything I do for the Lord, the Holy Spirit is producing them through me. So even he gets credit for my good works. But it says he's going to reward me for those. So,
2: Okay, so the question I have for you is, where are the dead Christians now? Are they in heaven, mm-hmm. or are they just waiting to be raised up on Judgment Day? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'd I say, I Jackie,
1: that question is probably the most frequent question I've gotten as a pastor. People ask that a lot. Is Grandma in heaven now, or is she sleeping till Judgment Day to be raised from the dead? And my response, or, my response is, yes, both are true. I think you're, How can they both be true? Well, because the thief on the cross, Jesus said to him, Today you'll be with me in paradise. And if you remember, on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus was on the mountain, who appeared to him from the Old Testament? Elijah and Moses. They weren't sleeping. They were awake. So spiritual, their spirit is, I, th- I believe my grandma's spirit is in heaven but I still think she's waiting till judgment day because I think the way I put it all together she hasn't gotten her perfect new resurrection body yet and that is what we get at the end of time even the spirits in heaven
2: okay can a person be a Christian and deny that Jesus rose from the dead
1: um I I have to say no and and I'll tell you where I get that Romans chapter and, and Jackie again there are professors in some of our Christian seminaries who do not believe Jesus literally rose from the dead. Why are they teaching our pastors to be? But the, the reason I don't think you can deny Christ's resurrection and be saved is Romans chapter 10. Paul says, if you confess with your lips Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you deny either of those, you're you're not saved.
2: Okay, I guess you know you talking about the things you said, and that I guess I have a question for you is it okay for a christian to be cremated
1: yeah and that was the question i got recently from a viewer um again you know when the bible is black and white we need to be black and white when the bible is unclear we need to be unclear it drives me nuts when people are very dogmatic about something that they don't know it's not in the bible they're guessing well is is cremation okay again i'll say the history of the church leans against it I can't tell somebody you're sinning if you do it. I personally don't want it done to me. That's about the best I can tell
2: you. Okay. Well, I think too that in this day and age, people look at saving things for their family and yeah. that, and leaving yeah. something, but yeah. it's right. And
1: you know, the the reason I don't want to be <coughs> cremated, it's a little bit of a testimony that we do believe in the resurrection of the body. That's that's my opinion. But I'm again, I'm not saying you can't do it, but
2: so. I mean, Jesus was God, too, so Mm -hmm. how was his body different from his old body? Yes.
1: I mean, I think he, all right, remember when Jesus rose from the dead, he said, Thomas, put your Mm -hmm. finger here. So his nail prints were still uh, there after his resurrection. So there was some similarity between Jesus' old body and his resurrected body. And we do believe his old body actually got up out of that tomb and was raised it was transformed because now he can pop in and out of rooms without opening the doors but uh, it's still connected to his original body
2: so does that mean our bodies will be
1: I think my guess is there'll be some semblance between the seed that went into the ground and the big bush that comes up out of the ground (laughs) okay I don't know that you'll look like you did, you know what I mean?
2: You've probably been asked this question a lot of times too, but mm-hmm. I think it's a question that even Christians have, is will we be able to recognize our loved ones in heaven?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, I know that's grandma, there's my aunt, you know.
2: And I think the other side of the coin is if you get up there and you do have recognition and you don't see somebody that you loved, mm-hmm. are you going to be happy? In heaven? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Well, all right, the first part of it, Jesus said, you will see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Well, if I'm going to be able to, I've never seen Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. If I'm going to be able to say, well, that's, there's Abraham, I think, yes, I'll be able to say there's grandma. I think so. Okay. And, and now the people say, but if, if my husband is not in heaven and I realize that, won't that cause me sorrow and I'll be sad in heaven? I, I don't know how, there'll be total joy in heaven. I don't know how God works that one, but there you go.
2: Okay, one more. If a baby dies, like say at six months of age or something like that, is that gonna be his age for eternity? Okay.
1: Will a six-year-old baby, six-month-old baby be a baby for, well, grandma be 90 for eternity because that's when she died? And those are the questions that I think were raised in an imperishable body. And I don't know the answer to some of those things. Our new bodies will be perfect. They won't wear out. They won't have the perishable nature anymore. But I don't know that we know some of these things, Jackie. Probably not. Probably they'll be a normally grown human, but I don't know. One more quick question. Yeah.
2: Will we be married in heaven?
1: No. Jesus made that clear. You will not be married in heaven. I think you'll know there's Fred or there's Jackie, but you won't be married.
2: Thanks for joining us this. Us this week we pray that God would grant you his richest blessings until we're together again next time.
0: Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry?